But you might be sitting here and not know him. He's here. He dwells in the midst of his people. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Even if it was just three people or myself and one other person, Jesus is here. If we gather in his name. But you might be sitting here this morning and not feel it. Not even know he's here. Not recognize it. That's how it really was when Jesus came physically into the world. Very, very few recognized him as his savior. How many? Well, we have record of shepherds, a few shepherds. That heavenly host, that means host means a very many, many angels came and appeared to these few shepherds. There were few enough. They, they fit into the little barn where Jesus was born. So there couldn't have been many. We have record of three wise men who came from the east later on and recognized him. We have record of a few of the family. That's all. His father and his mother. A few, a prophet and a prophetess in Israel. Other than that, no one in this world knew this baby was Jesus, the son of God. And that he came so that you and I can be adopted into God's family and have a father in heaven. Not just a God who we believe in, that we believe somehow exists, though we've never seen him. We believe he's sovereignly created us. And he sovereignly is up there watching over us. Much more than that. Jesus came for this reason. Verse 11. He came to his own. And those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him. To them he gave the right to become children of God. Even to those who believe in his name, who were not born of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man. It wasn't some man who said, I'm going to make this happen. It wasn't born because some man and woman decided, we're going to get married and have a child. No, it was born before they got married. Because God said, it's time to reconcile the world back to me so that Everyone who ever was born and everyone who will be born will have a right to become my child and call me dad. That's the relationship we now have. That's the power of adoption. It gives us the right. I remember so well when we adopted Michael and Lucas. And as we were getting to know them, I, you know, it came a time when I loved them so much, I just wanted them to call me dad. You remember that, Lukey? And I said, you know, you guys, you can call me dad. And, and mom said, you can call me mom. And I, I don't remember if it was you, Michael, or you, Lucas, you said to me, or to us, nah, we'll wait till the judge says so. I remember I was kind of like, okay, that's, that's good. That's, I mean, that's legal, right? I was loving you so much, I just wanted you to do it right then. But 
something amazing happened after the judge said so. We went to court. And the legal action had happened. We signed the documents. The judge took his gavel. Boom! And said, now your name is Michael Brennan Lapp. Now your name is Lucas Jeremy Lapp. All of a sudden, they started calling us dad and mom. And I was for real called you son. Yeah. That's right. It, it took a little while because we were so accustomed to it. But something changed, right? And you came home, you lived with us, and now we're family because the judge said so. Legally, we got that right. Have you experienced that with God? That legal right that you know. The judge said so. The judge of all the earth, the judge of all mankind, that you and I will stand before and will be judged for all our life. He doesn't stand behind the podium anymore. He gets down and he says, I want to adopt you. And if you believe that I sent Jesus to the earth so that this legal transaction can happen, he now has the right to forgive all your sins. Do you remember the story? Jesus was in a synagogue. It was a building maybe something about this size. I don't know. Synagogues were their churches back then. Bigger. Maybe. And he was talking. He was teaching the people about his father in heaven. And there was a man there who had a withered hand. I'm think, I think I'm thinking of the right one. Or was it the man who had epilepsy and, and he was paralyzed? One of those. Anyway, Jesus looks at him and he says something to him. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. How do you think that man felt? Jesus, the teacher, do you think he felt humiliated? In front of this whole crowd, Jesus points him out and looks at him and says, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, Jesus didn't waste his words. This man must have needed sins to be forgiven before Jesus could heal him. But he received them. He received these words. And then Jesus said, Pick up your bed and walk. And he did. He picked up his bed and he walks. I think it was the guy who was paralyzed. He had epilepsy. He couldn't get up. He couldn't walk. They had to carry him in on a bed. And you know what the people in the crowd did? Oh, yes, it's that story. They brought him down through the roof. You're right. They tore off the roof because the crowd was too big. They couldn't get him in. Thank you, Michael. The crowd said, who is this Jesus who does this man think he is that he can forgive someone's sins? Well, that's not what this man said. This man was so filled with joy because every sin he ever did was forgiven. 
And not only that, power, strength filled his body. And he was able to get up and walk. He got up and he walked. And he couldn't walk before. That's what Jesus came to do. If you believe that that's what he came to do for you. But you see, he can come, his very presence, into this room this morning. Be right here. And you can be one of those in the crowd who look and say, Well, I heard his word. I've read the word you read, Phil. Read it in your own Bible. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. And you can walk out of this building unadopted. Not really feeling the comfort, the, the change that adoption has, brings, where now you belong to this family. They're your family. He's your dad. And all his children are your brothers and sisters. His home is your home. And in Romans 8, he says that all of the inheritance that Jesus got, he now shares with us. His relationship that he has with the Father, we get to have with the Father. He holds nothing back. That's what adoption is. God holds no love back any longer. In John 17, Jesus said, Father, I thank you that you love them with the same love that you love me with. There's no difference anymore. And that's why Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, that writer, it, some people think it was Apostle Paul, we're not sure, but he said these amazing words. He said, now we get to call him Daddy, Daddy, because we receive the same inheritance. And Jesus becomes our elder brother. I get a rightly related to God, the God of the universe become his son. You become his daughter. And if you haven't experienced that yet, you can. We need not be orphans any longer in this world, nor do we now need to even act as if we don't have a heavenly father anymore. It may take some time for us to really enter and really strengthen that belief that he is our father but if you'll receive him as such, in a moment, the judge will say, you're mine. I'm yours. You're no longer alone as an orphan in this world. And your life changes immediately. Completely changes. Just like those orphans that George Mueller walking down the street and this little child was feeding off of some crumb that was laying on the street, left by some other person, trying to sustain themselves. They were starving. They were dying. They were stealing just to survive. And George Mueller walks up and he says, Come with me. Come, 
with me. And he takes them in his arm and he brings them home to his house and he feeds them and he cares for them and he watches over them. He provides for them. He teaches them about their heavenly father. This is what Jesus came to do for you and me to come and tell us, you have a father in heaven and come, come to me. I'll take you to him. But you must trust me to take you there. If that child would have squirmed out of George Mueller's arms and ran away for his life, you think he would have been adopted? No. And that's how why so many people in this world today are not adopted. It's not that God hasn't come to them and said, Come. Jesus has said, Everyone who believes in me, come to me, all you are heavy laden, all you orphans, come to me. I will give you rest. I'll provide for you. I'll take you to our heavenly father. My father will become your father. But they would not receive him. That's what John says. But many would not go. And so the streets remained in London with still many orphans. Because many wouldn't go. And so the world today remains with many, many People who are orphans of heaven. And today's not a good day. Today's a day that makes them angry. Because the world is filled with broken relationships. Even earthly fathers. Our prisons are full of men and women. Who are angry at their parents. Because they feel left out. Rejected. And alone. Perhaps their parents walked away. Maybe they were addicted to drugs and alcohol and didn't provide for them. But today, God is saying, you don't need to be an orphan any longer. I've sent Jesus to bring you back into my family. And if you allow Jesus, receive him as such. He'll bring you into God's family. And no matter what happens to you physically, no matter if your parents physical parents walk away or your physical parents die you're not an orphan jesus said in john 14 i will not leave you as orphans but where i am going there i'll bring you also you have a father in heaven who even now cares for you and wants to love you and fill you with his love so that you have no more fears, no more reason for anxious thoughts, no more reason for bitter resentment towards anyone in the world, no more reason for feeling rejected and alone because the door is wide open and the God whom you see as judge over your life is welcome you in to a relationship of being your daddy. And he gives you that right. This is your destination. This is what we've been destined for, the end. And not only the end, but the journey to the end. This is what we've been predestined for in Jesus Christ. And you know what's even the most amazing? Long before you and I were born, Long before even men were created, God had this in his heart. He knew it. 
In 1 Timothy chapter 1, he tells us, even before the foundation of the world was laid, God had this in his heart, that he loved people so much. The people he was going to create, what God wanted, and the reason he created us is God wanted a family. That's what he wants. God in heaven wants Heaven filled with people who are his children. He wants a family. And that's why he loves us so much. That he decided to send someone, his only son, to come and make this possible. So that all of our sins could be forgiven. And we could rightly say, Dad. And have that relationship. Not only in our hearts, but for real. And forever. So on this Father's Day, there's good news for the whole world, for you and I. And John speaks of this wonderful good news. And John the Baptist, he tells us this man who started baptizing people who was filled with the Holy Spirit, who came before Jesus, he began to tell the world, behold, this is the man who can make this happen for us. We don't need to be orphans any longer. And in 1 Peter 3, it tells us that Jesus did an amazing thing, not only for the people who were alive in his day, but when he died on the cross, he went down into the middle of the earth and he preached the gospel to those lost souls who even died in the flood. All of those sinners got a chance to believe in his name just like you and I do. All men, God is without a respecter of persons. He makes no difference of how you look, where you come from, what your experience is, what nationality you is, you are, or what time zone you've lived in. His love is the same, and his message is the same, and he's reaching out to make it legal for you and I. But it's a whosoever will. God won't force you. George Mueller didn't run after those kids who ran away from him. Not long ago, the boys and I watched a documentary on his life. And I sat there crying as we watched it. Because some George wanted to adopt them. He wanted to change their lives. But these people, these little kids, were so full of fear. From orphanages they had heard about and where they were beaten and, 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 and starved and, and made to live a very rigorous life. And they were so afraid they thought the streets were better than that life. And they didn't know George. And so they ran for their lives and he'd run after them. Come back. No. They'd be dodging and running through the streets, trying, hiding from him. And so we run away from God. Because we think he's this strict schoolmaster. Who when we come into his family, he's going to beat us. And judge us for all of our sins. When in reality, he'll forgive all our sins. And love us with a love we've never been loved with like on the earth. John talked about him. And... As we go through the Gospel of John, in verse 23, 
chapter 1, John said this. People came to John and they said, are you some prophet? You know what he said to them? I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. And as I read that this past week and thought about that, he was referring to what Isaiah had prophesied of Jesus in Isaiah chapter 40. And it's very interesting, the context of Isaiah, as the Holy Spirit prophesied this word, growing up in a very religious church life, I seen God as a strict, might be my dad, but boy was he strict. And he wouldn't tolerate any nonsense. And he would discipline me very severely. I didn't realize how much he loved me. I didn't see him as a loving dad in heaven. And when I read these words, prepare the way of the Lord, it was a word of condemnation to me like, Straighten up. Make a straight path for your feet. Do something and be right. Quit all your wrong stuff. Did you know the context of this word in Isaiah 40? Begins with these words. Verse 1. Comfort. Oh, comfort my people, says your God. Comfort. Do you know? That's the context in John 14 that Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. He said these words. He began this discourse like this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. John 14.1. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And then he said these words. I will send the comforter and you will not be left as orphans. The greatest comfort you and I can receive from God is that we're not left as an orphan. Where all we have in this life is to try to survive on our own. No one really loves us. No one really cares. We don't even know if God really cares. Because of all the things that happen to us. And we feel super lonely. But Jesus said, do not let your heart be filled with anxiety and troubled. I have come to send you the very presence of God to live within your heart and to comfort you. That you are not left alone in this world. You are not left alone. You're invited to come. Have all your sins be forgiven and be a part of God's divine family forever adopted speak kindly to Jerusalem call out to her that her warfare has ended loneliness makes you a fighter do you know that we begin to become fighters when we feel lonely because we feel unprotected by anyone and we feel like the only way we're going to survive is if we fight. We fight everybody. We have to fight to survive. And Jesus comes saying, you don't need to fight anymore. Unclench your fist and receive. But many people walk through life like this. And if you get too close to them, boom! That's the first thing they want to do. 
They want to fight because they're scared. Fighting comes out of fear. But God's love comes to you and I and says you don't need to fight to survive. You just need to receive. And I'll provide. There's no need to fight any longer for food. One of the things these orphans did in the streets of London is fought well. They learned how to fight each other for the crumbs from the dumpsters. They learned how to steal and fight off people who would come chasing them, even the police and the law. They were fighters. And when George Mueller adopted them and brought them home to his home, one of the first things they realized is, I don't need to fight to survive anymore. I have a man who's brought me and made me a part of his family, and I don't need to fight my siblings to survive I simply need to receive God's love in my heart. And then love begins to be the rule of the home. And that's the way it is with God. Verse 3, a voice is calling. Clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. That's the voice that's still calling to you and me today. Make a clear way in which you and I, a right way, can be rightly related to God through being adopted into his family. And then everything changes, not only in our hearts, in our whole life. And our destination changes. And not only our destination, but the way to that destination changes. That's good news on this Father's Day. You and I have a Father in heaven. There's no need for anyone to say, I'm alone and no one cares. There's a voice calling in your wilderness. God's voice. The still, small voice of the Holy Spirit calling out to all of us who are lonely in a wilderness of life, saying, come, I'll make a way for you to live where you get a family. God's family becomes your family. And he provides for everything for you along the way. And your destination is a home. A home in heaven. Where God dwells for all eternity. Oh Father, I pray today that this voice... Your voice of your Holy Spirit would be heard in every one of our hearts. From the little children to all of us. And that we would hear your voice and receive and believe that you really are inviting us to be a part of your family. And you have the right to forgive all our sins. And not only that, but to adopt us into your home. And Lord Jesus, that you love us enough. That you have laid up this great inheritance. All of God's grace and his truth into our lives. Oh Lord Jesus, I pray. Come, comfort your people today. Through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Thank you, Phil, for a great Father's Day message. You know, we live in an imperfect and fallen world and in a world where in far too many homes the human father is absent or uh, not being the father he should be and perhaps even some of us here have experienced that but we know that there is a father that does care and that does want to have a relationship with each and every one of us <clears throat> and it's not based on our earthly father or any earthly relationships or even whether we think we're worthy of a relationship with him whether we even want that it's still there for us. We all have the option of having a real, true relationship with the Father, our Heavenly Father. Thank you, Phil, for sharing those words. Does anyone else have anything they want to share yet before we wrap it up here? Now's your chance. will be ready shortly, but uh, until it is, we can uh, fellowship together and continue to build each other up. Uh, Brian and Michelle's wedding, Brian getting married.